the relationship can be beautiful, but the controlling part needs to go. At what point does the Indian parent say, I'm going to let my kid discover themselves and not control them? So what happens is that the kid just lies to the parent. The kid stops telling the parent the true self. And the parent then is happy because they think the kid is saying everything to them, but the kid isn't. So the parent needs to live their own life in a free way. But freedom is a difficult concept to describe. It's a difficult concept to embody. You know, it's, an, it's not just an idea. It's a really a revolutionary way of being that you truly believe in the inherent freedoms of each person, especially your children, and you allow them to access that. This is episode number 106 of The Inspiring Talk with parenting expert, Dr. Shefali Sabari. Welcome back inside yet another episode of The Inspiring Talk. My name is Bizay Gautam. I'm your host for this show. Each week, I interview today's most successful and inspiring personalities to help you realize your inner potential. Welcome back to yet another episode of The Inspiring Talk. I'm very excited for my guest for this week, Dr. Shefali Sabari. She has been on Oprah Winfrey's show seven times and Oprah calls her revolutionary and life-changing. Dr. Shefali is one of the most renowned parenting experts in the world today. She is the author of three books, including New York Times bestseller, the Conscious Parent. This is one of the most profound books you will ever read on parenting. She is also a Mind Valley author of the course called Conscious Parenting Mastery. You might find Dr. Shefali's ideas hard to digest, especially if you are a South Asian parent. But trust me, this episode will fundamentally change the way you think about raising your child. I was mind blown with the insights and wisdom Dr. Shefali shares about conscious parenting. On this episode, we discuss what it means to be a conscious parent, how not to raise the kid, why disciplining your kid will not work, and a lot. I'm sure this is going to completely blow your mind off. Let's get started. Welcome back inside this episode. I'm super excited and honored to have with me Dr. Shefali. Dr. Shefali, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. So I want to jump straight into this. So you have grown up here in India uh, and then now you talk about parenting and a lot of things that you talk about when it comes to parenting is totally you know, something that if you, if you tell to a typical Indian parent is something that's very hard to digest, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So before we jump in and discuss more about the way you think about parenting and, you know, your ideas about parenting. So what are some of the things that you think as a South Asian kid are the things that Indian parents need to learn about parenting? You as a kid uh, coming from South Asia. Well, I think South Asian parents are typically more possessive of their children. 
And that possessiveness can sometimes be controlling. Of course, no Indian parent likes to think of themselves as controlling, but many can be because this is the way that they have been conditioned to be parents. And they expect their children to follow the family's traditions, the family's religion, the family's way of being, the family's last name, keep up the name, keep up the image. And what happens when the parent is trained to be like that is that the kid has to follow the parent's way. And even if the parent says, no, no, I I tell my kid they can be whoever they want, but then get angry with the kid when they are not who the parent wants them to be, the kid grows up understanding subconsciously that this is the way it is. And India is very traditional in many ways and very hierarchical and very patriarchal. And whether we like it or not, this is the messaging that children grow up with. And in order to be conscious of this, parents need to be honest about themselves and be willing to look in the mirror and say, yes, I expect my kid to follow my ways. No harm in owning it, but let's not pretend that we give our children freedom because very rarely do we do that. We typically come from heavy possession and control and hierarchy and patriarchy. And our children grow up in a very specific way. So in India, like parents are controlling their kids, not only till the teenagers, even after like, you know, they yeah. do have the family and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So. All the time. The mother-in-law is telling the daughter-in-law <laughs> how to be. And the relationship can be beautiful, but the controlling part needs to go. And the Indian parent thinks that they can control their children when the child is a parent for many years. Like at what point does the Indian parent say, I'm going to let my kid discover themselves and not control them. So what happens is that the kid just lies to the parent. The kid stops telling the parent the true self. And the parent then is happy because they think the kid is saying everything to them, but the kid isn't. So the parent needs to live their own life in a free way. But freedom is a difficult concept to describe. It's a difficult concept to embody. You know, it's an, it's not just an idea. It's a really a revolutionary way of being that you truly believe in the inherent freedoms of each person, especially your children, and you allow them to access that. Now, every parent will say, Oh, yes, yes, yes. I believe in freedom. Yeah. It's one thing to, to have it as an idea. It's another thing to live it and to radiate the message of freedom to your children. Yeah, and I love it. One of the interviews you have said, like, children are here not to fulfill their parents' need, but to become fully evolved, independent, and unique beings at the core, is the core of the things that you do, right? So then how can parents raise their kid so that, you know, the kid can become fully evolved and independent? Well, you can't raise anyone to become fully evolved because evolution depends on that person's desire to evolve. So, but I know what you mean. How can the parent best kind of encourage this? Well, the only way the parent can encourage the kid to be free is if the parent has done their own inner work. 
And what that means is that the parent has looked at their own fears, their own attachments to culture, their own attachments to anxiety and living in a box and checking the checklist and realized how culture has constrained them. If they're not in touch with their own enslavement to culture, they won't understand that they are part of that for their children. Like now they are enslaving their children. If they're not even aware of this, you know, if they're, you know, I call it being zombified. If they're unconscious and asleep, right, they are just zombies to culture themselves. How are they going to wake up and allow their children to be free? So it really depends on the parent's own willingness to live an authentic life that will then encourage the child to live an authentic life. Um, so while we are saying that, you know, you don't control your kid and don't impose your own belief and stuff and let the kid be it, right? So mm-hmm. then, you know, how do we control the or how do we impart the values in the kids so that, you know, anyways, the kids today are being impacted by the world around us, right? With the internet, with the a lot of knowledge and the, you know, stuff access that people do have and in their school or the teachers, anyways, they are getting exposed to all of this. Then how do we still ensure that while we are not imparting our and also making sure that, you know, kids are not getting influenced by, you know, something worse as compared to, you know, what parents would do to the kids. You, you can't ensure it. Kids will get influenced and you can just try in the early years between zero to 10 to limit the exposure to external influences. But that is provided your influence is amazing. If your influence is crap and full of archaic, primitive ideas, then it's better that they get influenced by the outside. So again, it depends on what is positive? You know, you think you're positive, but who said you're positive, right? So sometimes it's the saving grace is that the child got validation by watching somebody else's story on Instagram or somebody else taught them something on, on social media that their kid, their parents were not teaching them. You know, in India, often, not always, I don't want people to think I'm talking about every single person. In general, people can be kind of traditional and clinging to old ideas of how things should be. If a kid grows up with that kind of parent and the kid is different, the kid is going to feel claustrophobic and like vomiting from the pressure that the parent is putting on them. For that kid, social media can be a saving grace. So again, it depends on you know what the messaging is at home. If the messaging at home is worse, then thank goodness for social media. If the messaging at home is amazing, then keep social media out, at least from zero to 10. While we're talking about the toddlers are the age zero to 10. So I want to you know, take a step back and I, I would like you to share a few things for the people who are about to become parents, who are not yet parents. But are there things that you, know, you would suggest that people should be prepared? Sure. Before, you know, they get their kids. What are the few tips for the people who are about to become parents? What are the things that they should know? Yeah. So the main thing they should know is they should ask themselves why they're having a child. And their fantasy is that they're having a child that will be so amazing, so obedient, and they'll be a superstar. And those are all the wrong reasons for having a child. You should only have a child to allow the child to be who the child needs to be and discover yourself through the child and grow yourself. 
So if you're raising a child because it's one more thing on your checklist, or mm-hmm. it's another thing that you think is going to make you feel happy, then that's or maybe not because that's everyone doing correct. Or or culture is telling you to have a child. That's the wrong reason to have a child. But I know no one is going to listen. They're all going to have children no matter what. The next thing I would tell parents is don't raise the child as if it's your puppet. Your child is not here to be a puppet. Your child is not here to stroke your ego. Your child is here to discover themselves and live their own life. Number three, what I would tell parents is that it's going to be really difficult for you and it's a big adjustment. But in that adjustment is your growth. So allow yourself to grow, allow yourself to become a new human being, allow yourself to evolve with your child. And don't try to fit your child into a box. Try to set your child free from the box of culture. And don't have a child to fit in. Have a child to go on a new adventure. Others, what's the point of having a child? If you're just going to have it to be one more you, you know, one more different kind of you. I mean, the world doesn't need another you. You know, the world absolutely doesn't need another you. The world needs unique people who are allowed to be free and empowered in who it is they are. And realize that you're going to be the biggest model for your child. So if you're not living a free and authentic life, don't expect your child to live a free and authentic life. And please don't raise a puppet robot, you know, who you can puppeteer around, little dog on a leash. Wow. And I think, you know, one of the things, Dr. Shefali, that a lot of the parents that they have seen certain way of raising the kids, right? A lot of the parents, especially again, I'm talking from the context of India, we have seen a certain, you know, definition of success and, uh, you know, certain way of parenting. And while I'm hearing what you're saying is fundamentally, there is a huge need of re-education for people, you know, who are becoming the yeah. parent, because all they know is to raise a kid to become like, as you said, tiny version of yourself, right? Yes. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we've been raised in India specifically to raise only puppets and successful children, you know, and success is very important in Indian families, especially middle and upper middle class families. And I understand that it comes from an idea that the world is scarce. And in India, of course, there's a lot of scarcity. But people in India are trying to compete with each other to such a degree that children feel a lot of pressure to be super successful, to be super wealthy, to be super this, super that. And while some of it is understandable, but, you know, when you raise your children to be like just money machines or grade machines and then yelling and screaming at them when they don't make a good grade, I mean, the whole system is so messed up. The education system is messed up. The parenting system is messed up that it's going to take a lot of work to change that system. It's a system, though. People shouldn't think it's the only way to live. It's just a system. Yeah. So the other thing that I wanted to discuss is you talk a lot about the form and formless. And I'm sure this also connect to what we discussed earlier about controlling your kids. So essentially, why do we want to control someone? Because we know what we know is the best and that's the right way and what someone else and when somebody does something that is outside of what we know to be true and then when the kids do that then that's when the conflict starts right so then so we're raising our children very heavily based in form what that means is based in the ego how they look what grades they get how much they have how many cars where they're going to live who they're going to marry what color skin the person has that they're going to marry what religion what family they come from All these things are ego-based. 
form-based. And traditional cultures like India focus on that a lot. How many cows, how many acres, how many cars, how many pieces of jewelry. I mean, our whole system is based on that. So the daughters pass like property from the father to the next husband, you know, and often the girls are treated like property and raised to be property. Whether we like to accept it or not, this is the system. And when we focus on ego and form, we miss the whole point of life. And the point of life is formlessness. What that means is that each one of us comes with an essence that longs and yearns to manifest itself. And that essence will look different for each person. So curtailing that essence and puppeteering that essence to fit into a specific role, a script, a movie that the parent decides is the right one is really such a failure. You know, that's why I ran away from India in a way, not because I had any problems at home. I had the best family, but I couldn't deal with the rigidity of the system. The system is rigid. There's certain ways to be a boy, there's certain ways to be a girl, certain time to get married, what is acceptable, what is pretty, what is not pretty. And it's not that America doesn't have it. America has it too. It's just that there are a few more choices. In India, they're just very limited choices. And I I felt very stifled growing up in India and claustrophobic. And I needed to get the hell out of there. Oh, not because, again, I don't love India or don't value its beauty. But with that beauty comes a whole lot of chains and they bind you, you know, and I didn't want to be bound. Not that you were asking, but I threw that in there. (laughs) Yeah, so... It's great that, you know, you mentioned about the East and West and, uh, you know, you being in the U.S. right now. And so you are someone who have seen the both side of the world, right? Mm -hmm. So what are the few things about parenting that, you know, we can learn from the West? And what are the few things that, you know, people in West can learn about parenting from the East? Yeah, great question. Well, first, let me tell you that parenting the world over is kind of the same. It's based in ego, based in doing, based in achievement and based in this false idea of happiness, which can be found on the outside. So it's false. Indian parents can learn. Actually, the parents are kind of the same. They're all kind of messed up. But if there was something for an Indian parent to learn is, I mean, American parents are no better. I mean, it's just so messed up here as well. Indian parents can learn to at least like allow the kid to question you, allow the kid to to have choices, allow the possibility of like something different. But, you know, Indian parents spoon feed the kid what to believe, how to believe, how to dress, how to talk, how to do this, kiss your grandmother, hug your grandmother, hug your grandfather, say this, say that. I mean, it's like such puppeteering going on. By the time the kid is 15, they're already brainwashed. So maybe some choices, but please, American parents are no better. And American parents can learn from Indian parents. I think the beauty of an Indian parent really is the warmth and we do have a better understanding of children, like how we say, Lad Lady, you know, like she's taking love. American parents don't understand what that means, you know, like we are more, a little bit more warm towards children. So when a child cries, we kind of have a little bit more patience. But, you know, Indian parents hit their kids, spank their kids. American parents hit their kids, spank their kids. Indian parents control the health for fear, scare. Yeah, I mean, the tactics are the same. They're so old-fashioned. But if I was to say a little bit like an Indian parent, maybe has a little bit more warmth sometimes. We're a little bit more 
tolerant, you know, but then we can go overboard and be indulgent too. So I can't really say anyone is doing it better. We're all kind of messed up. American parents by the culture and by America being 200 years in the making, but also America was raised on slavery. You know, we all, it's so messed up. It's like, I can't find, if I say something good about America, I'm going to follow it up with something terrible. If I say something good about India, right there is something terrible. You know, like if I say American Indian parents are so warm. Yeah, but right behind that, the shadow of that is they choke you. You know, Indian parents can choke you with control. And the warmth is like, claustrophobic like eat beta eat beta eat beta oh my god you want to die like no i don't want to eat you know you go to the auntie's house oh great she's so loving she gives you food but then she will choke you and then feel bad if you don't eat so right there comes the bullshit you know and american parents give choices and they back off their kids maybe a little bit more but they can also be cold and mean and cruel you know so it's like th th there's no perfection anywhere it's also, the point is it's unconscious and until the parent decides to look at themselves in the mirror to see their unique kind of unconsciousness, like I'm unconscious, but I know in which ways I'm unconscious. And I've worked very hard to be less unconscious. I'm still unconscious. No one can be perfectly conscious. But how I was when my daughter was five or three is very different than how I'm now because I've become aware. And I think that's the point of what I'm trying to teach is it's okay to be unconscious. We're all conditioned, but can we become aware? of how messed up we are and stop pretending that we're amazing. We're not, we're not amazing. India is not amazing. America is not amazing. Each country has vast amounts of shadow, bullshit, pain, that they're just regurgitating generation after generation and every culture needs to wake up. Wow, so you mentioned about allowing the kid to question you and that's the big part where a lot of people at my age still can't go up to their parents and especially father and, you know, talk about the things that they want to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that's so embedded in the culture that there has always been this huge, huge gap between, you know, the parents and kid where they just really can't have the open yeah. conversation. Right. Yep. Yeah. So for the new parents who are, you know, becoming the parents or the people who do have kids at their home, how can they get their kids to open up about the things and how can they make, make only, the environment? Only yeah. when they're willing to release control. Only when they're willing to see their children as individual beings that are here destined to live their own lives, you know. But Indian parents are full of fear. What will people think? What will people say? What will happen when you grow up? Life is so tough. Now, life is tough, but what to do? That doesn't mean the kids should be protected forever. So while we are talking about, you know, releasing the control, a lot of people now might be scratching their head. If I stop controlling my kids, then, you know, what, what's going to happen to yeah, them? Yeah, but like, the opposite of control, opposite of control is not neglect. Opposite of hmm. control is wisdom, is to be wise, you know, be there, give your opinion, lean in, back off. It's a dance. It's not either or, you know, oh, okay, she, she's crazy. She's telling me not to control my kids because you're thinking the opposite of control is neglect. Neglect. The opposite yes. of control is, is wisdom. So maybe, can you draw some example of this so that people can better understand what we're trying to discuss well, here? Maybe from, you know, yeah. like in India, you keep telling your kid to study, 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 study. Okay, as much as the kid can listen to you and study, good, say it. But if the kid cannot study and the kid is not interested in studying and you're fighting every day and the kid is depressed and you're losing your shit and you're getting angry, what 
now you got to stop saying study, study, study. Does the opposite of that mean, okay, don't care about your kid? No, it means understanding through wisdom. This is not who my kid is. My kid is going to get be average. My kid is going to need extra help. And coming to that awareness is wisdom. You know, every day asking your kid, how are you? Talk to me. How are you? How are you? You know, is control. Now, is the opposite of it saying, okay, I won't talk to my kid at all. That's stupidity. Wisdom is saying, okay, my kid likes their space and I'm going to give them their space and they'll come to me when they're ready to come to me. That's wisdom. Great example. So the other thing that I want to talk about is saying no to your kids. And I think that's just a big part where you don't, you don't want to let the kid do that at the same time. You just don't want to be control freak at the same time as well, right? So yeah, how so you do you choose, Right, you have yeah. to choose your no. Mm-hmm. Choose your no. Don't say no for everything. Think about it. Most things can be negotiated with your kids. So your kid has a sense of power too. You know, okay, you want to go out for this party. Okay, I don't think you should go out till two o'clock. Mommy, I want to go out till two o'clock. No, I don't think you should go out till two o'clock, but let's negotiate. You know, don't just say no. And if you have too many no's, your kid is going to rebel or your kid is going to be a puppet. So you have to negotiate because you have to empower your kid to feel like they have a voice, you know, and each parent has a different comfort level with that voice. I am very, according to me, free, but my kid will say I'm controlling because once a year I say no to her for something obnoxious, but I'm okay with that because I know when I'm saying no and when I'm saying yes. So you have to define your limits, your comfort level, and your trust in your kid. And trust in your kid really doesn't have much to do with your kid. It has to do with you. Some parents cannot trust. So then they blame the kid, you know, so you have to know yourself. And when you know yourself and you live your own life with wisdom, you're going to naturally teach your kid the right yes and no's without the fear of God or punishment. It's going to be natural. Your kid is going to be a sensible human being if you're sensible, you know. So use logic and have to, but but also empower your kid to have choices, to speak up, to argue with you. Those are good skills. No, your kid arguing with you is a good thing because they have their own mind. People don't like arguing because we don't want to be challenged because we're full of ego. I love it when my kid argues with me because that means she has her own voice. So teenagers can be a really difficult phase for a lot of parents because with all the emotion buzzing in and kids thinking that, you know, I know everything. Is there any tips that you'd like to share with the parents, with the teenage, teenage kids at their home? Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful age because they're coming out of their illusion that you are God. And mm. when that illusion breaks, you don't like it. And you're like, oh, you don't know anything. Because now they're calling you on your thing. Like you, mom, you actually sit at home all day doing nothing. And you're telling mm. me to work hard. Oh, you went for manicure, pedicure and a kiddie party? <laughs> oh, I thought you were working hard. Now the kid wakes up and realizes, oh my God, my parents are so ordinary. Here they're acting like they're amazing. All my life I thought they were amazing. And that illusion, the bubble bursts. And parents hate that, right? So we try to control our kids even more. But it's a beautiful age where they question you and they are developing their own voice and you should encourage it. Like encourage them to fly, go, get off, but leave my house, you know, go make your own money and go do it. We should be happy for that, not wanting control. So a lot of this is coming back to parents really wanting to control and impose their own limitations and yes. fears to their to yes. their kids, right? So, so is there any other tips that you'd like to share with the parents who are tuning in and listening, which you think are the biggest issues in the parent-child relationship? Well, the main thing is, you know, connect to yourself as a parent, live your own life, be free, stop living through your children, stop thinking that how your children are 
is a bearing on you. It has nothing to do with you. You know, allow your children the freedom to make their own mistakes and to discover their own selves and move on their own path. And when you give that freedom to your kid, your kid will be very grateful to you because, you know, you can tell your kid, I'd love this, but you're free to do this. Just that release will allow them to find themselves. Great, Dr. Shefali. So we have another round called Enlightening Round. I would expect you to answer super quick some questions that I'm going to throw at you. Are you ready for that? Yeah, I don't know how quick I'm going to be. I'm going to take my time. Go ahead. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> so what inspires you to do everything that you do? Um, what inspires me is my own inner sense of flow. So when I flow, I'm living life full of energy and creativity. So I'm, when you're in flow, you're authentic. And that's the inspiration. So what is the best lesson that you have learned as a parent from your own kid? Is to know yourself. So what is the one wrong belief you have held for the longest time in your life about yourself? That I was not worthy. Now I realize I'm worthy of being powerful, being happy, being confident, being free, and that I don't need the people I thought I needed because when I was feeling unworthy, I thought I needed people, but I don't. I don't need them in the same way. What do you want to be remembered for? I don't want to be remembered, really. It's okay. I don't need to be remembered. Sorry, I don't. <laughs> no one's going to remember me. Do you, do you remember Mother Teresa every single day? You know, once in a while. I don't want to be remembered, really. I don't even think about that. So could you share a book or two that has influenced you personally in the recent past or something that you recommend? The, yeah. the best book is The Tao De Ching by Lao Tzu. And it's spelled T-A-O-T-E-C-H-I-N-G. And The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Awesome. So if you were to start this, you know, let's say parenting journey all over again, what are those three things that you would have done differently? Everything I teach, I would have trusted my child more. I would have been more courageous to look at my own fears and I would have enjoyed it more instead of seeing it as someone I needed to produce or fix or create. And in that creation, I, I lost moments of enjoyment. Great. So I do have one last question that I want to ask you. But before I ask you that question, Dr. Shefali, uh, it's been a great having conversation with you. So if people would like to reach out to you and uh, you know connect with you and maybe learn more from you, what is the best possible way? Yeah, they can go to my website and sign up for my newsletter, drshefali.com. They can go to my Facebook page. I'm always doing talks there. And, but that's the best way is to sign up for my newsletter. Awesome. I'll link that up on the description of this episode. And also do check Dr. Shefali's book, The Conscious Parent, and also Conscious Parenting Mastery Masterclass with Mindvalley. I'll link that up on the description. A lot of groundbreaking ideas on parenting. I'm sure, you know, a lot of ideas that she shared here must have blown your head. But again, you know, when you go ahead and watch that masterclass, there are a lot of ideas and uh, tips for you as a parent to absorb and digest. So uh, here's the last question. Imagine that you're standing on a stage and this one is the biggest stadium that has ever been built in the history of the world. And there are millions and millions of people. You have been given only one minute of the time to share the most important lesson that you have learned in your life. What would be your message? It's what I teach. It's how to awaken from our own childhood wounds and heal yourself 
and live an authentic life. I already do it. I stand on stages and I already teach what I what is the most important lesson that I believe, which is that each one of us is here to live their own authentic lives, not their parents' lives, not their culture's lives, not what religion tells them or some institution tells them. But in order to live that life, you have to disrupt patterns and you have to be daring and brave. All right. It has been great having you here on the show. Thank Dr. you. Thank you so much for spending this time. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Inspiring Talk. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode and learned a lot about parenting. Dr. Shefali's Mind Valley program called Conscious Parenting Mastery is the next step for you if you'd like to deep dive and learn directly from her. You can sign up for the online course by visiting theinspiringtalk.com forward slash parenting. If you'd like to be a conscious parent, there is no better person than Dr. Shefali to learn from. Sign up using theinspiringtalk.com forward slash parenting. You will find the link in the description of the episode. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you in the next. Now, go out there and do something inspiring. <laughs> <laughs>